of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. As always, delighted to be with you as we wrap up a busy broadcasting week. We've had so much going on on this program. We've got more to talk about today. And I want to get right to it because I've got a personal story I've got to share with you. We've got all sorts of things going on. We've got this calamity at the border. We've got people awakening to the whole reality of what we're up against in this country. There is a tremendous buzz in the air. And I think it's tremendously positive. And we're going to share that with you. But I want to talk about something here right out of the gates that is personal that happened at my house this morning, just a few hours ago. And I hope that it opens the door to a greater conversation of positivity. Because we've got so much to be grateful for in this country, my friends. We are good people. This is the best place on planet Earth. And my gosh, are we blessed to be a part of this fantastic American experiment. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. So it's one of those things that I started when my sons were quite young, and I've talked about it peripherally. I'm a big thank you note writer, all right, when I can But I really wanted to instill upon my sons when they were young this idea of gratitude. And this is particularly appropriate in this digital age where they communicate via text message. Nobody seems to talk face to face anymore. We don't do this thing that we do every day on this program. And and I think we're worse off for it. So when my kids were quite young, I mandated that they had to write thank you notes when they got gifts. They always wanted birthday parties. And we had a rule in the house that if you have a birthday party, everybody in the class, and they went to a little parochial school, Catholic school right around the corner, everybody in the class had to be invited. Which sounds great as a kid because you're like, great, I'm going to get all these gifts. Until they realized that if everybody in the class was invited because I didn't want anybody getting left out, they had like 35 Thank you notes to write. So they did this once, right? They had one party and then they're like, oh my God, how many of these stupid notes do I have to write? And that was it. And I've nagged them and nagged them and nagged them about it. I said, look, writing something to someone who has done something for you, whether it's something big or small, just to say, hey, I see you. 
and you matter to me matters so i'm gonna i'm gonna fast forward yesterday afternoon i take my sons last two bob and chris to an orthodontist appointment they have a retainer check okay greatest doctor's office in the world most wonderful people ever so the boys go back they get their teeth checked they come out and the gals who are working with them and the orthodontist come out and they're like well that was it that's your last appointment ladies and gentlemen five kids five sets of braces five sets of retainers right that was it i had no idea last the last time i was ever going to see these people ostensibly a last visit this chapter in their lives and mine right over and i started to i started to get like emotional i'm like wait what this is it this is this is the end and they're they said yeah you guys have been great you're all good to go and i looked at my sons and they didn't know it either and they're like wow thank you so much literally i had to leave because i started to cry i'm a mess i get it so this morning getting the kids ready for school about to drop the kids off at high school on my way into the radio station and out of nowhere my son chris says you know what i'm thinking mom I said, what? He said, I think I'm going to write a thank you note to the orthodontist's office. And I stopped. That is the moment it all came full circle. When your kids hear what you say and they watch what you do and they see how you act and they see how you live your life and then they start to do it themselves. That was my moment this morning. And I started to get tears in my eyes and I quickly gathered up my things and I turned my back and I just said, that would be lovely, Chris. I think that would be super nice. Literally get in the car in the dark so they don't see that I'm crying. Stupid, totally. But he got it and I didn't have to say it. He got it. Ladies and gentlemen, that happened today in America. This is a new day. The sun that came up today is the beginning of a new chapter, and I feel this. It's not just the pendulum swinging. It is a great awakening. We talk about all of these things on this program every single day. And I know some of this stuff is heavy. It is because life is heavy and fighting against bad people is heavy and seeing people suffer and feeling completely impotent is heavy. And all the while, each of us trying to do whatever we can to tread water and keep our heads above it, to try to show our kids to the best of our ability who we want them to be leading by example. I have been scared on this program many, many, many times in the last couple years because I've seen America slipping through our fingers. And it's terrifying. And it makes me furious. And I can taste it and it scares me. And it's harder yet to sit down and try to make sense of that with a camera and a microphone on to try to express how I feel 
There is a love that is indescribable that parents have for their children. I feel that love for this country. And we've watched it slip away. But today something's different. There's something new out there. There's something in the air. I can feel it. And it makes me want to jump out of my skin because I've been waiting so long for this moment to feel this way. And it just so happens to coincide with something dumb. Like my 15-year-old son, Chris, saying that he thought it was appropriate to tell his orthodontist. Thank you for giving me my smile. Look, people are out of the trance. Some of them won't come out. And we have to be okay with that. Some won't be saved. They prefer to go through their lives being angry. They've had too much of the Kool-Aid believing that we are an, a mean, oppressive, racist, nasty people. That this country is something to apologize for. And we are not. We are glorious. We are bold and we are brave and we are good in ways every single day that don't make the news. Those little things that you see on the street, the random acts of kindness, the people not looking for the spotlight, who would do whatever they could to help a perfect stranger. That is why we are the envy of all things evil. Because we cannot be sunk. We cannot be taken down. And it's not about Donald Trump. It's not about a president. It's not about a Congress. It's about us. And it is glorious. Today you're gonna to hear stories of tremendous pushback from the southern border where finally enough people have said, enough is enough. You're going to hear the scramble of people who are in, in tough positions for re-election realize, oh, maybe now I should probably start talking about this. It's too late for them. Because we've been talking about this for years. Since COVID, beyond that. This is our time this is our family. This is our country. And there is no singular man or woman out there that can corrupt that. There is no narrative that can erase that. Because we are bigger and we are stronger. And they know it. It's a new day. Rejoice because it's gonna be okay. Quick time out. We'll be right back on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. All right, so all of a sudden now, people are paying attention to the border. Like, where the hell have you people been? And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about all these folks who've been turning their back on the obvious issue that is purposeful, right? And it's so, it's so clear to those of us paying attention. You don't have to be a star to figure it out. 
right? They obviously want these people to come across. They obviously want people from dubious backgrounds who aren't even being checked by and large to come into this country and to do God knows what, right? I mean, it, there's no debating this. And all of the twisting and pretzels, all of the the lackey mouthpieces of this administration, all of these losers in Congress, you know, telling you otherwise, it's uh, it's been a waste of our time. Meanwhile, our country has been invaded. We have been invaded. And there are constitutional obligations for a president to protect the border and to keep the people safe. It's not hard to put this together. So now people like John Tester, he's like the last remaining Democrat in office on a national side in the state of Montana, right? So it's the fourth largest landmass state, 43rd smallest population. It's like a million plus. It's not that much. Five times more people from other countries have invaded this, this land since Joe Biden took office than the population of Montana. And, and the vulnerable Democrat, John Tester, right? He finally realizes, oh, maybe now I should get on the border. I should probably pretend like I care about it. John, suck it. We don't care what you think. He comes out and he says, well, I've long said that this Biden administration isn't doing enough. You know what, dude? You're the problem. You are a placeholder. You are a figment. You are not a leader. You are not a warrior. You're not a fighter. You're not a patriot. Do you, do you understand, sir? There is America first and there is you, America last. And there is a wide repudiation right now of America last. You're seeing it in the black community. You're seeing it in the Hispanic community. You're seeing it in my children's age group, my adult sons. You're seeing it all over the place. Donald Trump says, don't, don't RNC me. Don't call me the, the nominee. Don't tell me that I'm the guy you're going to get behind. Leave Nikki Haley on the ballot. I want to beat her fair and square with the American people coming out for that, for me, for America first, period. That's strong. And I love these words from the former Navy SEAL, who is the presumptive opponent of this John Tester from Montana. And this gentleman says what needs to be said. You're either for safety and security, you're for us first, or you are not. And he says something that is strong, and I wanted you to hear it. It's the number one biggest concern, he says, for Montanans. These people are not near the southern border. They're not dealing with Greg Abbott's issue. They're not in Chip Roy's district. They're not getting a flood of people into their land, unless they're being shipped to Montana. For Montanans to say, from east to west and north to south of that state, that it's not the economy, right? It's not supply chain issues. It's certainly not abortion. It's not racism. It's the freaking border. Montana. John Tester better be scared. Too little, too late, sir, because this gentleman and his name is Tim Sheehy. He's coming for you. Go. 
We'll start, you know, we've been across Montana from Eureka to Ekalaka, from Dillon to Haver, uh, you know, across the whole state. It's a big state, the fourth largest state in the country. And it's remarkable from towns of literally 24 people to our major urban centers like Billings. Uh, the one most common concern of all Montanans is the southern border. We're a northern border state, and they are deeply concerned about the southern border because they're feeling the effects every day. Fentanyl overdoses in our small towns or Indian reservations are being hollowed out by the fentanyl epidemic, and crime is through the roof. Montana's Mayberry. Most people don't lock their cars or their doors, and now they're experiencing crime. So, number one, we've got to secure that border day one. We've done it before. Donald Trump did it. It's not that hard. We have the money, the resources, and the people. We just have to have the will to do it. That's step one. And step two is we have to start processing, identifying, and deporting elements of the we don't even know how many, 10, 12, 13, 15, 20 million illegals that are in this country. Uh, we have to start dealing with that problem today. Amen. Simple as that. John Tester, in an op-ed published in the Billings Gazette, said this, Democrats should set aside political beliefs. Oh, that's rich. And accept that, quote, allowing anyone to enter the country without being properly vetted or going through the legal process undermines our national security. Where have you been? How dare you? How dare you wait until public sentiment is about to break? How dare you wait until 25 Republican governors send their freaking National Guard to Texas and say, you want a showdown? You want a civil war? Get ready, because we're coming. That is America first, Mr. Tester. And your silence. Your inability to be a leader. Your inability to stand up and have a pair and do what is right is glaring. And your days are numbered, sir, as well they should be. Good luck to you, Mr. Sheehy. Good luck to you. I hope there are Montanans galore who are willing to do the work on the ground to push you over the line and into the house. These are the people who are going to be the next generation of American government. These are the people who went and they fought for us. They raised their hand and they said, I will serve and I will die for this great place called America. And my service is not done after my time in the military. Y'all better be afraid out there on the left. All you Mitch McConnell, John McCain, Mitt Romney, wannabe Republicans who are empty suits blowhards who've gotten real comfy screwing over the people of their districts and this country. We are coming for you. Quick timeout. Much more ahead on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So in my rundown every day that I give to Brock and I have to send it to Newsmax because the second two hours of our show are on television. And I give the producers a rundown of this is where I'm going and this is what we're going to be talking about. And here's some links to things. And I title each half hour something. And the, the title for this half hour is Georgia is a hot mess. <laughs> sort of like the first 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> That's hurtful. And truthful. So Georgia is a hot mess. And and this is very exciting. 
So you have a crappy governor, Brian Kemp, Rhino. You've got a crappy secretary of state, Brian, uh, Brad Raffensperger. Brad Raffensperger, before we even get into this, because I think it's very important that yesterday some breaking details came out that the Georgia Senate Ethics Committee had passed a bill to remove Secretary of State Raffensperger from the Board of Elections and it granted them the authority to investigate Raffensperger for possible election law violations. <clears throat> My head blew off, right? I'm like, wait, what's going on? There's people, the people are, they're doing stuff about this because every single day I give you news about what's going on, whether it's true, the vote and their lawsuit that Stacey Abrams, Mark Elias and others of suck would go after Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips from True the Vote, who represented, gave people in Georgia who had obvious cause for concern. During the 2020 election, look, people don't all of a sudden lose votes on a dime. At what point in history do we lose votes during an election? You don't see tallies going down, except we did all over the place. It happened in Pennsylvania, in our Supreme Court. A Republican candidate lost hundreds of thousands of votes in real time, demonstrably proven in the, the, the website. Now, of course, it's been scrubbed. And so Stacey Abrams and Mark Elias go after True the Vote and say, you're trying to intimidate voters. No, what we're trying to say is, if you have questions about election integrity, you have the right to ask those questions. Your government owes you an answer. And trying to bully people into silence by throwing litigation at them the way they're doing with Donald Trump, right, is not okay. And so Brad Raffensperger, who has lied, repeatedly lied, he lied about the phone call he had with Donald Trump. He said Donald Trump tried to get him to find votes for him. That's not what happened, sir. You suck. Pack your bags. We're done with you. And it's happening. And it is exciting. It is exhilarating, my friends. How about this headline from the Associated Press? Georgia Secretary of State says it's unconstitutional for board to oversee him, but lawmakers differ. Brad, you feeling the heat, babe? Getting a little uncomfortable? People in Georgia pushing back? People tired of folks like you doing things that they know are wrong and lying to our faces every single day? They're coming for you, Brad. I hope you're afraid, because you better be. Here's your story, Associated Press. I'm sure this doesn't suck at all. An attempt to, to uh, say that Georgia's appointed se- uh, state election board. Let's try that again. <laughs> An attempt to say that Georgia's appointed state election board has the legal power to investigate Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, his handling of elections, has blossomed into this constitutional showdown now with a lawyer for Raffensperger saying board members can't legally oversee him. Oh, my, my, somebody sounds very untouchable in his own mind. Really? Because you answer to the voters, sir, not the other way around. Quote, There is no precedent for an unelected board of political appointees 
<laughs> to have oversight over members of the executive branch, wrote Charlene McGowan. She's Raffensperger's general counsel. Raffensperger has a lawyer. Damn straight he has a lawyer. He's going to need a lawyer. Giving a board of unelected bureaucrats unchecked power over the state's executive branch is a dangerous policy proposal. But what if you've lost in that executive branch the confidence of the people because you have proven again and again to be a liar? When you leak to the Washington Post a transcription of the, of the conversation that you had with, with President Trump, Mr. Raffensperger, and you decided to modify you changed. You didn't redact. You changed the words in that transcription. And you gave a la wrap-up smear to the Washington Post, whose feckless journalists long ago stopped being objective. When you do that, sir, you do not deserve the name, the title, Secretary of State. You deserve to be replaced. And you deserve to be investigated. And it's not just me saying it. The Senate Ethics Committee disagreed with this general counsel, McGowan, voting to advance Senate Bill 358. The proposal would remove Raffensperger from his non-voting post on the board, allow the board to hire election investigators instead of solely relying on those working for Raffensperger and clearly give the board power to investigate the secretary of state. Why is this? It's so ridiculous that we don't have outside people looking in. We'll just we'll investigate ourselves. Because that always works so well. It leads to wonderful confidence among the electorate, doesn't it? Uh Uh-huh. We're looking to empower the state election board so that they can have oversight responsibility. And that there's no confusion about where that oversight responsibility is vested. Bingo, said Ethics Committee Chairman Max Burns. It's only... Part of a push by Republican lawmakers for changes in how elections are run in Georgia. It ain't working right, ladies and gentlemen. It's all broken on purpose so that they can be cheating and thieving and stealing of your vote and your confidence. And that, last time I checked, is unfreaking American. Period. Raffensperger's steadfast defense of Georgia's 2020 election, you know, when he lied to everybody and said that there was some audit of the machines. There was no audit of any freaking machine until Professor Halderman came in and was able to, in court, change a Dominion vote tabulator with a pen. I'm going to go with that's a problem. Raffensperger's steadfast defense of Georgia's 2020 election, which Democratic President Joe Biden allegedly narrowly won, and his rejection of a call by Donald Trump to find more Republican votes, that's the Associated Press. That's the big lie, ladies and gentlemen. That's the big lie. One, that you can trust any of these people in the media. And number two, that Donald Trump did anything other than say, we've gotten some calls. About some shenanigans. You sure everything's on the up and up? Oh, yes, Mr. President. We audited the machines. 
Everything looks great. Lie. You liar. Those activists, they call us activists. Those of us who say, you know what? I don't feel right about this. I don't feel right. Because when I went to bed, things were one way. And then I woke up and they were completely different. Where does that happen? It doesn't. Activists have been pushing the state election board to investigate whether Raffensperger mishandled his audit of Fulton County's 2020 results, motivated by unproven claims of fraud. All of this is going to come back. And it's really, really going to it's going to be ugly for these people when the truth ultimately all comes out, because it's just a matter of time. Now, meantime, Fulton County seems to be the epicenter of all things sucky. Angry residents, this is a headline on the New York Post, angry residents demand probe into DA Fannie Willis's funny business at fiery district meeting. People are done, guys. They're done. Residents of Fulton County, Georgia, called for DA Fannie Willis to be investigated at a fiery meeting at the county's Board of Commissioners Wednesday. During the public input section of the meeting, which got wild, residents zeroed in on Willis and her relationship with special prosecutor Nathan Wade, who was paid almost $700,000 to investigate election fraud in the county. Fanny, said to be in a relationship with Wade, stands accused of then benefiting by him, taking her on lavish, lavish trips, paid for with the money earned from the county. I'm done with Fulton County fumbling our elections. I'm disgusted at the DA's apparent love affair with the special prosecutor. The gross mismanagement of taxpayer dollars, resident Derek Blassingame told attendees, who applauded his remarks. Again, this is the buzz I saw with the dawn of this day in Pennsylvania where I awaken today, my friends. This is the buzz. People are paying attention. They see what is going on. They won't be bullied into silence. They won't accept another crappy result. Period. Several other residents who spoke during the meeting also called for an investigation into Willis's use of the funds. As part of her investi- investigation into the interference, la la la, Donald Trump, yada yada. Everybody knows what it is. Re- resident Kevin Muldowney claimed it has also come to light that Special Prosecutor Wade billed the county for 24 hours in a single day. I guess his outstanding stamina was a prerequisite for his position, dripping in innuendo that every adult in the room understood, particularly when the woman wearing glasses and a wig who pulled out a Nathan's hot dog and started waving it around. Guys, the jig is up. Your crappy lies, your claims of racism, misogyny, death threats, or otherwise are so old now. Everybody's on to the shtick. And they want these folks to be held accountable. They better be afraid. The John Testers, the Alejandro Mayorkases, Fanny Willis, Nathan Wade, Brad Raffensperger, all of you Claudes who think that you can lie and cheat and steal and be immune from our ire? Oh boy. The storm that cometh is gonna be a doozy. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, 
Neil Cavuto with the most boring person ever. And I'm not talking about Bob Casey Jr. Sean Fain from the United Auto Workers dropping a whopper. <laughs> it's it's delicious. And I've got it for you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Wow. I think Brock thinks I'm angry this morning. See, I'm angry, but in a good positive way because I see good things coming. So Neil Cavuto, the, the hack from Fox, who, who said, and I almost wanted to throw him down the stairs. If he was close by, I probably would have gone for the throat punch. Ha-pa! Right? Well, 91 criminal charges against Donald Trump. They can't all be wrong or they could be, you hack. Neil Cavuto said yesterday to United Auto Worker President, um, Union President, Sean Fain. They're talking about why Fain says the UAW supports Barack or um, Barack Obama. Well, 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 I guess my little Freudian slip came out there because that's what it is. Why would you support Joe Biden? Well, obviously, the rank and file ain't going to support Joe Biden. Joe Biden is in for workers. He's for China. Joe Biden isn't for you. He's not for unions, except when it's politically appropriate. He's for immigrants coming across the border and doing the jobs that you don't want to do. Right? That's what Joe Biden's about. So Neil Cavuto is going to have this conversation with him. Why Biden? Why are you going to support him? Listen. You could have considered Donald Trump. You did not. Why not? Uh, well, I mean, you know, if you look at just the, the facts and the, the body of work of, of both candidates and, you know, uh, both of them in their own words, uh, nowhere in history has Donald Trump ever stood for the American worker. Uh, wow. He stands against pretty much everything that we stand for. Well, I'm glad that his shifty eyes are looking all over the place. If I could just describe it to you listening on the radio right now, right? He's looking around. People, when they tell you the truth, when they're unwavering, when they don't need cheat sheets, burner phones, pseudonyms, etc., they can look at you in the eye and they can tell you exactly what's on their mind, what's exactly in their heart, because there's no manufacturing it when they're lying like Bill Gates with Nora O'Donnell yesterday when she's like, yo, 80% of people who took Pfizer had side effects. Did you guys want to talk about that? What about that, Bill? And he's like, well, uh, you know, uh, well, we need to talk to the... Um, the FDA and, um, most of the effects weren't, you know, bad, but Sean Fain, you didn't sell it very well. He wasn't like, I love this president. He's great for us. He stood there with us. He's fantastic. I feel passionate. It's great. I think he probably has a book deal coming. Oh, he's going to be a best-selling author in no time. Right. Just like all the other they lackeys. Had to, they had to give him something. Right. So this is his answer. So Cavuto goes on and asks him more questions. This is where, this is where Sean Fain's going to admit, though. Even though I'm saying that our people are for, we're going to support, we're going to endorse Joe Biden of suck, he admits that other part out loud. Listen. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will. Uh, but that's the reality of this. Uh, the majority of our members are going to vote their paychecks. They're going to vote for an economy that works for them, and they're going to vote for a president. When you look at these two presidents, the choice is very clear about which one stands up with the working class and stands up for labor, and which one stands for the billionaire class, and that's his base. Okay, so now that's very confusing because he just twisted himself into knots. We're going to say we endorse Joe Biden because we're kind of in this position where we have to. 
This is all blackmail and bribes and stuff. You do this, I do that, whatever. Sean Fain does not represent the people of the United Auto Workers. Because if you did, Sean, and if Joe Biden did, Sean, he wouldn't have done yesterday what he did. How about this? House GOP passing a bill blocking a rule proposed by the Biden administration that would waive the buy in America requirement for EV charging stations. Look, we're going to we're going to put out this new technology. It's going to be exceedingly unreliable. It's going to suck in the winter. It's going to be prohibitively expensive. It's going to be completely inconvenient. In general, it sucks. And we're going to ship all of those charging stations and the production of majority of these vehicles over to China. Right? Because that's what Joe Biden has worked out with China. Isn't that so cool? Biden administration yesterday vetoed this House bill that would say these materials to build these charging stations, hither and yon, as though that's exactly what Americans want, right? Want a made in America. We want to buy American. We want America first. We want to listen to America. Joe Biden, Barack Obama, vetoed that measure. Hey, Sean, when you say that the majority of your auto workers are going to vote with their paycheck, how was that paycheck when President Trump was in office? Oh, that's right. Much better. How were their taxes? Oh, oh, that's right. Much better. And so what are you saying? We're going to, as a union, support a a political ideology that is America last, that threatens the livelihoods of the very people who make the, the cars and the trucks that we all drive, and we're going to shaft them. We know our rank and file is going to vote for Donald Trump. Isn't it so curious? They can't get their stories straight. They don't know how to answer the questions. They're shifty and uncomfortable. As well they should be. So nice job, Sean Fain. America last. I wonder how many of those auto workers feel like the new deals that were ratified are super good for them and their families and their communities. Because Lordstown, Ohio is still a freaking ghost town, Sean. Good job. Great American pushback, ladies and gentlemen. That is the buzz today. And that is going to take us to the border. And I'm going to ask you a question. Who is the real president? Is it Donald Trump? Or is it Joe Biden? Because when Donald Trump says something and he encourages all the states that have the men and women in the National Guard to send to the southern border and 25 states hop to and Joe Biden does nothing, what says leadership to you? We'll take you there next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.